0: Welcome to Foundations, a podcast from FieldPartner. We're an online portal of resources, training materials, courses and coaching for cross-cultural workers at each stage of their journey. This podcast is the home of our biblical teaching, which is an essential foundation for effective cross-cultural work and for following Jesus faithfully. For free courses, blogs, interviews and more, check out our website, fieldpartner.org, and follow us on social media to keep up to date with our latest resources good to be with you. Um, I want to talk about, if we can go to the PowerPoint, because it's much prettier than I am. I want to talk about Joseph today. Um, Joseph in the Old Testament, because he is totally one of my favorite people in the Old Testament, or the new, actually. And kind of when I, thank you, Vicky, when I start reading about him, it's kind of like I'm reading about my elder brother. So let's, let's have a go at him. But we'll look first, it's, uh, we're gonna look at Genesis, don't worry, 37 to 50, but I'm only gonna look at about five chapters and parts of five chapters. But you need to start with Joseph in the, New Test- in the New Testament because Stephen, when he's about to be executed and is kind of going through Old Testament history, he says this, the patriarchs becoming envious sold Joseph into Egypt But God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom. Uh, My version is much easier to read, actually. And gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. In one short summary, you have a guy as a slave delivered into being the second most powerful man in the most powerful empire in the world. The key there is very simple. God was with him, but God was with him. And you say, well, God was with all that lot. Uh, If you have time, go home and read chapter 38 of Genesis, and you'll find exactly what a mess Joseph lived in god was with joseph why that would be in terms of his response i have no idea but i just want to go into that now there's another thing we need to look at which is in psalm 105 now this summarizes joseph as well moreover he called for a famine in the land he destroyed all the provision of bread he sent a man before them joseph sold as a slave so he sent a man before them Joseph, sold as a slave. So let's get it clear. The big thing Joseph tells us is if you're called by God, which all of us are in different ways, it does not mean that everything goes well. Any theology that says, well, God has called me, so I'm going to be rich and famous and drive six Mercedes is is way outside of the Bible. Joseph was sent to rescue, sold as a slave. And I know we just sang no longer a slave to fear and all that. Well, maybe that's Joseph's song. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his God, or his Joseph agreeing with God, word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. See, that's a real key for Joseph. If you know the story, 13 years, sold as a slave, in a dungeon, forgotten. What did he have? Two things. He had the the presence of the lord the lord was with him and he had the word of the lord what do you and i have exactly that we have the presence of the lord and the word of the lord even in the middle of itching even in the middle of the pandemic even in the middle of all of this stuff jesus hasn't changed jesus hasn't changed in any way whatsoever we're the blessed people and then the, the king sent and released him, the ruler of the people, let him f- go free. He made him lord of his house, the ruler of his possessions, to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. So, what we're dealing with is when God calls us, he has a purpose in mind. The way there isn't necessarily that comfortable. The way there isn't necessarily that easy, but God is with us and his word is true. And those of you who don't know me, I came here 51 years ago. Uh, And God has been faithful to us all the way. I came as a single guy. I now have one wife, five daughters, six granddaughters, and one grandson. So we're 11 to one. (laughs) But God is faithful. God is faithful. Okay, now I want to draw some simple lesson from Joseph. Number one, God has a plan for our lives. If you look at uh, Genesis 37, 1 and 2, it's a fascinating bit. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, so in the land of Canaan. So Jacob, the main man with 12 sons, dwells in the land. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock of his brothers. Do you you get that? Jacob, this is his history, Joseph, the 11th son. Now, you can take that one of two ways. You can say, well, I'm not Joseph, I'm the 11 uh, other brothers who don't get called. That's not what it means at all. God's light is on Joseph, just as God's light is on each one of us. Simply, God chose Joseph for a particular role but he also chose every one of that family for a particular role. Every one of us has a calling from God. Everyone. Doesn't mean to say you're going to be a missionary, sadly, uh, but it does mean to say God has a particular calling for you. Uh, Christine, my wife, uh, we have, as I say, five daughters. Lao Da, the eldest, was born in Taiwan 41 years ago. Um, is now a movie director and all that kind of thing. But um, every one of those five daughters, including the twins, who are totally different. That's what God showed us. We had twins. We had three, and we thought we'd have one more. And we didn't realize my It was buy buy four and get one free. Um, Each one, yeah, don't record this in case she sees it. each one is precious, each one is special, each one is different, each one is separately called by God. Uh, number two, number two gave us as much heartache, I would say, along the way as any. But she and her husband are now church planting in Los Angeles, which to a Brit is real missionary work. <laughs> Amongst, oh, uh, no, 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 don't go there, Ross. <laughs> So God has a call on each of our lives. Now let me say several things. One, the first thing to say is you can choose to do it or not to do it. I've been preaching recently, I preached at Hope recently on Bartimaeus in Acts 10. And a very interesting thing, this blind beggar comes to Jesus and Jesus says to him, what do you want? Uh, It's a bit obvious with a blind beggar, isn't it? But actually if you look about 10 verses earlier, James and John came to him and said, Lord, we want to sit on your right hand and your left hand when you're emperor. And Jesus also said to them, what do you want? They said, we want power. We want to to get rich and famous. So Jesus asked again to blind Bartimaeus, what do you want? Obviously, I want to see. What I believe Jesus was saying to his disciples is you need healing from blindness just as much as Bartimaeus does. Because you don't even understand, even though you're with me, what you're doing. So We make a choice. What do we want? Do we really want to run with Jesus or not? Every one of us has that choice. At the end of that story, Jesus turns to him, and here the English is better than Chinese. Jesus turns to him and says, Go your way. Which, if you translate it, would be Joni the Easter Chi Chi Chi. And it says he followed Jesus. And do you know he's the only person healed in the New Testament by Jesus whose name we know? Almost certainly because he did follow Jesus, he did become well-known in the early church. So all of us makes that choice. It's like God does the great things that Pastor Rudy was describing in the breaking of bread, but we make a choice. Do I want to follow him or not? Do I run with his call or not? And thirdly, very quickly, um, it ain't easy. It isn't easy because we battle with our own failings. Joseph, if you know, in chapter 37, he has two dreams. He boasts about the dreams, and his brother brothers hate him. Guys, if, if you have a dream and God tells you something special, be very careful who you share it with. Because <laughs> there are dream killers as well as dreamers, even in the church. Of course, not in this one, but... In other churches. (laughs) He wrestles with his own immaturity. So he has to be ready by the age of about 30 to have his brothers kneel before him, and he could have them executed. And he said, guys, guys, God meant it for good to rescue you. It's nothing. He wrestles with himself, and he wrestles with his brothers because they do hate him. And in chapter 37, they try to kill him. And even then, sold him as a slave. Can you imagine that if you have brothers and sisters? Please don't say yes. Can you imagine that if you have brothers and sisters selling them as a slave? Impossible. Okay, so lesson number one, God has a plan for each of our lives. Lesson number two, the man in the field. I so love this. In chapter 39, chapter 38 is about the mess Joseph lived in. Chapter 39... You know, Jacob says to Joseph, Go and find your brothers because they'd gone away with the sheep. How foolish could a dad be? I mean, you know, the brothers hate him. So, what are you doing sending him? Anyway, he goes and he can't find them. And it says in verse 15 Now a certain man found him, and there he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? And he said, how are we doing? I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell them where they are feeding their flocks. Please tell me where they're feeding their flocks." So he's in the wilderness. I mean, he's not in Taipei. You understand that? He's in, I don't know, top of Yangminshan or Hungguanggunglu or somewhere. And nobody's there. He's looking for his brothers. I mean, he, as far as the eye can see, he can't see them because they're in a completely different place. He bumps into a guy and he says, you haven't seen my brothers, have you? And he said, yeah, yep. As a matter of fact, I heard them uh, say when they departed from here, let us go down to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. It's impossible that Joseph would meet a guy who heard his brothers say where they're going. I mean, think of it. What is the likelihood? What I'm suggesting in each of our lives, there are men in the field, or a man in the field, or if you want a woman in the field. There are people who are strategic to God's call in our lives, even though at the time we don't know it. But God is faithful to put men in the field. See, think about it. If Joseph had not bumped into that guy, he would have gone home to his dad and said, Job it out, Harman. I cannot find him. I can't find them, I don't know where they are. Dad, they've done a runner, whatever. And the history of God's people would have been totally different because he wouldn't have been sold, he wouldn't have gone to Egypt, he wouldn't have prepared a way for his family when the famine was coming later. Just wouldn't have happened. But at the same time, often the man in the field is about as welcome, I'll use an English expression, which most of you won't understand, is about as welcome as a wet kipper slapped in your face. A kipper is a fish. He must have thought, if I hadn't met that guy, I wouldn't have been sold as a slave. Why did God do that? Now, what I want to say to you is there are events, the man in the field in our lives, that at the time you feel you feel, why on earth did you allow that, Lord? Is it that you don't love me? All these things we sing about, are, are they true if you did that to me? It's only later you know that because he loved you and has a purpose for you that God allowed that. Only later. And one of the things about a call of God in your life is there are going to be times, there are going to be people where at the time, it's hard to reconcile that with your father loving you that he allowed that. Literally. Only later will you find out that it was because he loved you that he allowed that. All right, we're doing well. No, we're not. We've got eight minutes, nine minutes left. Ginna, ginna. Okay, number three. <laughs> the Lord was with him. But he worked hard and godly. In chapter 39, he's sold into Potiphar's household. And chapter 39, verses 1 and 2. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt as a slave, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Israelites, Ishmaelites, who had taken him from there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian the lord was with him it's as simple as that he's sold as a slave he's got i mean he's a law isn't he he's a foreigner he's a foreigner no he's not an egyptian i i wonder how did he learn iji <laughs> i have no idea how did he learn egyptian i mean imagine you you some of you understand this. I, I did when I came here 51 years ago. You are, well, it's still true today. You, you, if you're not Bandiran, you are an outsider. And he's a slave outsider who probably didn't speak the language, had no idea of the customs. I was in Cairo with some mainland Chinese missionaries in um, December. And they are as, as strange in an Egyptian community as Joseph was, but God was with him. So what he did prospered. But let me just say one thing about that, that it still meant he had to work hard. He hung on to the Lord being with him and the dreams, but he faced spiritual warfare from Potiphar's wife, and he had to work hard. It wasn't an easy time. I really need to stress that. If God has called you, please don't expect life to get easier. Please don't expect life to get easier. But what you have is God's presence. That's why it's so important to come and worship with God's people. It's why it's so important to spend time with the Lord yourself. Um, I write on Facebook. Christine and I have started a... Ministry. Uh, our main ministry here is Antioch missions and Derek Prince ministries um, in Shendiao and all that. Uh, but I've also we've also started a thing called Field Partner International, which is helping to train English speakers and Chinese speakers. Um, have a look at it, FieldPartner.org, uh, in mission. And I'm on Facebook under the Field Partner International tag. I'm writing a. Bible blog every day, and these five or six weeks has been Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the Bible. And it strikes me that the longest chapter in the Bible is exclusively about the importance of the Bible, God's Word. Um, The the psalmist says in the passage I, I wrote on earlier this morning, he says... I rejoice seven times a day because of your word. So, brothers and sisters, we need to be spending time with the Lord. We need to be spending time in the Bible. We need to be spending time in worship. Uh, I'll throw in a great worship group that we've discovered recently, Maverick City. Any of you know Maverick City? I mean, Maverick City is mostly, uh, what's the politically correct word, um, African-American people or something, and they're so much freer than I am. I mean, they're my avatars. Uh, Have a look, anyway, on YouTube. Um, All right, so next lesson in because time is short. This one's really important to me. God wants his people to discover, to walk in discovery. Let me explain what I mean. Joseph is in prison. He's in a dungeon and, excuse me, that isn't today's prison. That was a hell hole with almost no sanitation and very little food and no change of clothes, uh, no trips to Sogo or whatever to <laughs> replenish your tea or whatever. And Joseph comes in and there's these two prisoners of Pharaoh. So, verse 7, So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his lord's house, why do you look so sad today? Now get this, he's in prison and there's no termination to his sentence. It isn't five years or ten years, he's thrown in there and forgotten. He walks in to serve these two guys and he sees they are unhappy and he says, why are you unhappy? That is what I call discovery. Discovery means I'm able by God's presence and power to take an interest in other people even though I'm struggling myself. It's so critical. Let me give you a secret. Everybody wants to talk about themselves and nobody's interested in talking to them. So you want to learn how to witness for Jesus Christ on a bus, in a taxi, in a store, whatever, simply say, how are you doing? If you get time with them, I, I can pretty well reckon in 15 minutes, if I engage in it in a taxi, I can get his life story. I can find out what he believes and what he doesn't believe. I can find out how many children he wants because most people are happy to talk to you in that way. The key is I want to be interested in other people, whether I'm doing well or whether I'm doing badly. It isn't that we're on top of the world and like the violinist sister, we're dancing. It may be that we're really struggling, but still live in discovery. And here's the reason we should do that. Because when we do, when we do walk in discovery, we become a wire through which the Holy Spirit moves. So as he reaches out to others, we get blessed in the doing. It's so critical. If I'm... I know we face a lot of stuff, but if I'm so lost in myself that I can't read to others, there's a problem. And then you see, um, Joseph says, it's the one time in the whole of Genesis in verses 14 to 16. Joseph says, remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh. He's just said to this guy, you're going to get released. Please make mention of me to Pharaoh. Get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I've done nothing here that they should put me in a dungeon. As soon as he said that, please help me, this is my situation, the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good. He said to Joseph, I also had a dream. Have you been there? You share your heart with someone, and they totally ignore what you've just said, even though it was really important. Guys, that's life. We are, with all my heart, I say to you, we are called to dig into Jesus so that in that kind of situation, we don't say or, or whatever, that, that we can dig into Jesus and not be thrown. That we make an assumption almost that most people are not interested in me, that's not going to affect me because Jesus is interested in me. We just sang about it. Let's live it. Okay. Help, Rudy. Uh, Almost there. The final thing in chapter 41 is pretty obvious. You remember verse 1 of chapter 41? Then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he stood by the river. Blah, blah, blah. At the end of two full years. He's already been 11 years as a slave and a prisoner. He tells the dream, please don't forget me, two more years. Again, in a hell hole. And then Pharaoh has a dream and, and the cupbearer says, whoops, I forgot. There's a guy who can tell dreams. So what happens? Pharaoh says, well, bring him. And Joseph is in year 13 of a hell hole. And Joseph, not just the Lord was with him, but he was with the Lord. I have no idea how, but he did it. So that he could walk into Pharaoh's presence. And Pharaoh said, look, I had a a couple of dreams, need you to tell me what they mean. Joseph did not say, uh, I'm sorry, I need to fast and pray for three days because I'm a little angry with the Lord at the moment, so I'm not really hearing him. Joseph walked straight into the presence of Pharaoh and told the dreams. Challenge. Challenge. Can we do that? Even in the middle of a pandemic? Even when jobs may be insecure, when income may be insecure, when uh, family, if you're a Brit, you know today England's under lockdown again, uh, where we always go to be with our family at Christmas. Oh yeah, this year, probably not. But at the same time, hey, God is with us and his promise is strong. So that's it. That's part one. I mean there's still another <laughs> still another nine chapters to go. So let's finish with these two again. And the patriarchs becoming envious sold Joseph into Egypt, but the Lord was with him, and delivered him out of all his troubles, and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all his house. The Lord is with us. Now, as, as Pastor Rudy said, maybe there are times when we need to put stuff right in the breaking of bread. There are relationships that maybe get damaged, we need to put it right. There's stuff in our lives, we need to put it right. But father abba fathers on our side just like joseph he wants us to make it through and there may be there may be times when keep pressing the wrong thing sorry there may be times when our feet are hurt with fetters in fact to be perfectly honest If that's not happening to some degree in our walk with God, I question the depth of our call. I'll tell you something that I don't often say, but when we were here from 1969 to 1979, when I left, because of attacks from certain quarters, I really felt goodbye, Taiwan, uh, because our main call is to China. And yet God brought us back, and Friday night we had a meeting where a very senior guy seriously honored us saying when I was a young student you made such an impact on our lives but you don't know that at the time you do not know that at the time because it seems you're in feathers but in God's time as you walk with him as you trust his word the king sends and release the ruler of the peoples lets you go to bind his princes at his pleasure. Do you ever wonder, in conclusion, let me say this, did you ever wonder how Joseph treated uh, Potiphar and his wife when he was in power? I am quite sure he didn't harm them because God had already delivered him. Okay, let's pray together. I just sense for some... You've started on the way, you, you since you have a call and um, the pandemic came and mess came and goodness knows what came, and you feel, Lord, have you lost a plot or have I lost a plot or whatever? I, I think this morning is a good time, just as we close, to to acknowledge his presence, that he's with you, that the songs we sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear, that's not Lilun, it's not theory, it's fact. If you want it to be. And also that his promise, his word to you is true. The stuff in our lives we haven't seen fulfilled yet. But at the age of seventy seven, if the Lord tarries, we got plenty of time to see it fulfilled. We got at least one daughter who's not walking with the Lord, but we look to the Lord to complete his work we have dreams and visions that the Lord has given not yet fulfilled especially to be more involved in the training of mainland Chinese missionaries going out etc etc now your dream whatever it is God gave you he's faithful even if there's 13 years in the middle of mess so some of you might need today just to come to the Lord and say Lord Lord I come back to the vision I come back to the dream I come back to the word you said to me and I come back to the fact that your presence is with me if it was enough for Joseph it's enough for me Lord I thank you for that thank you for this lovely brother of ours Joseph in the Old Testament this 11th son who walked with you and changed history help us to do the same I pray in Jesus name Amen We hope you found this resource encouraging. Why not subscribe to be notified of our future episodes? You can also check out our sister podcast, simply called Field Partner, featuring inspiring stories from experienced missionaries. Follow us on social media or sign up to our newsletter via the website to stay up to date on our latest resources.